the kind of friend we need. Who is Jesus as a friend? That's the title of our message today. Who is Jesus as a friend? And there's three different areas I want to look at in the friendship of Jesus today. And as we, as we get started, I want to I just set you guys free. You guys can amen, because I know you're holding it back right now. As much as you want, uh, like, I mean, people in the back, I know you're sitting in the back, so you can jump up out of your seat and amen, and you won't block anybody's view. Yes. Amen to that. You are free to do it. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So the first thing I want to look at is, is Jesus the confidant, someone you can confide in? And I love the subtext and little things of the Bible. The Bible in- includes just that stuff that wouldn't necessarily matter to the story, but I love that it does because it, it, it's real life. The Bible's real life. Amen. And one of my, my favorite things to look at is just kind of the small talk of the Bible, the guy talk or the girl talk. And on this occasion, you, you can have the, the disciples who were friends of Jesus and uh, they, they're able to, to vent. They're able to be themselves, and they're able to ask stupid questions. Amen, right? <laughs> Amen for stupid questions. Like, have you ever asked God a stupid question? I have. I ask them a lot. And what I love about that is you have disciples, you know, wanting to call down fire from heaven, they're wanting to sit at the right and the left hand of, of Jesus in heaven and stuff. Things that, uh, honestly, young guys think about. Like, you know, it's right on the line with superpowers and, and all that type of thing. Uh, but the coolest part of that is that these men were comfortable with Jesus. And I want you to think about that. They're comfortable with Jesus as their friend. They're able to talk to him in a way that they're not uh, afraid to ask questions. They're not afraid to bring things up that they don't understand. They're not afraid that he's going to shame them because he literally knows everything. They're comfortable with Jesus. And so, you know, in this, this talking and stuff, I've spent so many hours late at night talking with guys about girls and cars and machines and stuff. I'm sure the, the disciples probably swapped fishing stories, probably not embellishing in front of Jesus. <laughs> but they're actual people. They're comfortable with Jesus, and Jesus is a real person. If you get nothing else today, get that. Jesus is a real person. And he's the type of friend that will listen and enjoy a relationship with you. I'm going to pause and let that sink in. He wants to enjoy his relationship with you. He's the type of friend that makes you a better person, and so you want to be around him. He's the type of friend that you can trust because he literally never fails. He never fails. Every friend I've ever had has, ever, has failed in some way. No offense. <laughs> But we all fail in some way, but Jesus never does. You know, and I've, I've put my life into people's hands throughout the years, sometimes not in a smart way. I remember I was about to make a, a road trip to Alaska from down south, had a friend with me. The day before we left, we 
were driving, and I, he was driving behind me. I saw him fall asleep at the wheel. He was okay, but I watched it in my mirrors. Like, he swerved this way and almost hit a car. And he went back, and I'm watching it go in my rearview mirror, and he swerved this other way. And he went into the median and spun sideways and woke up. <laughs> and he jumped back on the road. And the next day, I trusted him to drive. <laughs> Maybe I'm too trusting. But I had another friend who actually sold his car and gave me part of the proceeds so I can go on a missions trip. I've had other friends that uh, just jump in at random moments. Friday, I was so thankful for Tyler Barnes, wherever he is. Spur of the moment, went and grabbed a trailer and helped me load 5,720 pounds of attic insulation. Spur of the moment. That's a good friend. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was in pain after that moment, but he's still a good friend. Here's a question, though. Do we rely on Jesus to help? And I want you to think about this. Do we see him as a friend that will? Do we see him as a friend that will help? Because some of us can often be those people who just refuse to ask. Or those people that, that just do it on our own. Is anybody else like that sometimes? I'm just going to do this on my own. Meanwhile, you have a friend that will grab a trailer at the last minute and hurt himself loading stuff with you. <laughs> you have a friend that's better than that. You have a friend whose name is Jesus and is there at any moment wanting you to ask for help. Where sometimes, some of us get so hurt by other friends that we struggle opening up to even Jesus. And I'll tell you right now, Jesus is not a friend that's going to hurt you. He's never going to hurt you. He's not only a friend that you can trust, but he's a friend that gives great advice. Does anybody have bad advice from friends before? Yes. I see hands in the back. I, I know moments from some of you. Yes. He's a, he's a friend that gives great advice. He's a, a revealer of mysteries. We see this in the Old Testament. We see this in the New Testament. Uh, and we see it right now that if you are seeking God, Right now, he'll open your eyes to his word and to his voice to speak. And there's a ton of wisdom that Jesus gives, but will we take it? James says, if you lack wisdom, ask for it. Because he'll give it willingly. He'll give it willingly. When we ask, we remember, this is one of the best parts about Jesus. Jesus is that friend with a really cool dad. He's got a really cool dad. I remember growing up, you know, maybe some other friends would have like pools at their house or, you know, new video game system, go-karts, four-wheelers. Like, Jesus is that friend. <laughs> He's the friend that, that has not only the stuff that you need, but he's so much fun to hang out with. Like, Jesus is that friend. And not only that, it, it's like Jesus goes out and he finds us as the little orphan kid in the road, and he brings us home, and his dad gives us a place to stay. And he makes us an equal heir with Jesus. That's 
Jesus as your friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. We, we went from nothing to everything. Jesus is a friend. He is a true friend, the best friend that we can ever have. So he, Jesus is the ultimate confidant. He's the ultimate person to confide in because he listens, he answers, and he's always with you. So Jesus is a confidant. Number two, I think you're going to like this one. Jesus is not only a confidant, Jesus is a troublemaker. So bear with me on this. He's a friend that will get you into trouble. And what, what would a good friend be without that aspect? And you've probably had those friends in your life. And I've been that friend of like leading people onto rooftops or saying, you know, with a little more speed, you can hit that ramp. You could probably make it. I've also been that person. <laughs> but Jesus is a friend that's not going to just pressure you to go cliff jumping or something. He's a friend that's going to pressure you to make a difference where you are. And it's probably going to cause a little trouble. In Matthew 10:34, he said this, I did not come to bring peace but a sword. John 15:18, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. John 5, 56, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. These are hard things to hear. And it caused trouble because Jesus wants to change the norm. He doesn't want things to just go on as they are. He wants things to be stirred up in a way that push people towards God. And the point here is that following Jesus will get you into trouble. And you know what? He knows that. He's that friend that says, let's get into some trouble in a good way. But to the point, I want you to get this. Listen to this. If you don't have enough trouble in your life, you might not be following him close enough. You might not be following him close enough. Jesus is that friend that says, let's go to the bad side of town. Because I want to be a light there. I want to I see people healed there. I want to I go and talk to people that don't like us. Let's go to the bad side of town. He's that friend that says, let's hang out with the bad people. Because they can change. Or at least they'll be confronted by the love and truth of God. And how often do we think that way? How often do we allow Jesus to lead us into a place that we don't want to go. Get this. He's that friend that is so confident in who he is that when you're with him, you're confident in who you are through him. I'm going to say that again. Like we can, we can get something from that. He's a friend that is so confident in who he is that when you're with him, you are confident in who you are and who you are made to be. Jesus is a friend that will take you places you normally wouldn't go. And in a way that you could be excited about it. I'm going to share the love of God and I might die for it. But I'm going to be with Jesus and that's even better. He'll take you to places that you have discussions with people that might hate you. 
And that's okay. That's why he says, you might get rejected, but they rejected me first. They're not rejecting you, they're rejecting Jesus. But Jesus as a friend will walk with you in the darkest of places, fully expecting to be the light there, fully expecting to see God the Father move, to see people saved, to see people healed, to see people changed. Your friend Jesus will stand up and fight for you. I want you to think about that. Like sometimes we just want to go at it alone, but Jesus is that friend that's like, no, I got your back. Like, don't make a, a, a dumb move, but if something happens, like, I've got your back. He is interceding for you even right now. And he doesn't just say, <laughs> we've all been here, I'll pray for you. And then, Lord, you know, bless them, provide for them, convict them, and move on. He's interceding for you because he cares about you. He loves you. Following Jesus should get us into trouble because he's a troublemaker by the world's standard. He turns the world upside down. And that is who you are supposed to be as well. And when we get into trouble, the third point is he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. We can confide in him. He's a confidant. He's a troublemaker. We should find joy in that because he sticks closer than a brother. He is steadfast. When a storm is raging around you and you are sinking, even when you are taking faith steps, think about Peter. He was stepping out in faith, walking on water, and he was sinking. Jesus pulls you up. Jesus brings you to shore sometimes. Or my favorite, Jesus sleeps in the boat. He's that friend that is not worried about anything that you're walking with and through. Some of us need to hear that. Jesus sleeps in the boat because he's not worried. He's not afraid. And so we can turn around and we can say, oh, Jesus, why are you sleeping? Or we can say, Jesus is sleeping. This is fine. We are fine. Jesus is not worried, and I do not have to be worried either. He's that friend that lifts your burdens off of you because he cares about you. And he cares about your family as well. Just like the Apostle Peter like Jesus healed his mother-in-law. Jesus helped with Peter's finances. Jesus was a friend that was always there, even when Peter messed up. Jesus is that friend that actually likes your family, even if you don't. And he wants to be a part of it. He wants to have access to every part of your life. Jesus wants to know the real you. And he wants you to open up to him, to know the real you. He likes being invited to family dinners, filled with enjoyable conversation. He sticks by you when your family doesn't. He sticks by you when your family doesn't, and he's not obligated to do anything. He just chooses to. He just chooses to. If you're like me, you, you just have to do things for family. 
You know, they ask something and you're like, well, it's family, you got to do it. But Jesus chose you. You are family by choice, and nothing can separate you from that. I'm going to read a passage from Romans chapter 8, and I'm going to read like eight verses because it's just so good, I, I just can't stop reading it. And let the, this Holy Spirit just speak to you through this. It says, what then? Even just after what we talked about, Jesus is the most incredible friend you've ever had or could ever hope to have. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Because he's got that really awesome dad. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen, because he chose you. It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons... Neither things present nor things in the future for any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yeah. Woo! That's Jesus. That's my friend Jesus. I know him. I know that guy. He is a faithful friend. But watch this. Proverbs 22.11 says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Jesus is not a yes man. Jesus is not a yes man. He's not going to look at you in that really tight t-shirt and say, you look great when really you need to go to the gym. <laughs> He's not that friend. He loves you enough to tell you the truth and tell you you need to change. That's the type of friend you want. That's the type of friend you need. We can't stick to our old way of thinking, our old worldviews, what we've been taught that contradicts the Bible, that's just man's way of thinking and not God's. And I'll tell you this, scientifically, historically, every way, the Bible is always proved right. They eventually catch up and realize that. It's never been proven wrong and can never be proven wrong. Jesus is that type of friend that tells you you need to forgive or you need to love or you need to give, you need to share, you need to spread the gospel. Watch this. Are we close enough to hear him say the hard things? Do you want that? And then, do you trust and love him enough not to argue? I argue sometimes. Does anybody else argue? I know a couple more of you could raise your hands on that one. <laughs> but Jesus is a loving 
friend. In John 15, 12 through 17, it says this, this is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. This I command you, that you love one another. Now, a lot of people will say, you know, maybe they feel close or it's just some type of moment, like, man, I would die for you. I'm serious. I love you that much. I would die for you. And Peter did. But the thing is, like, very few people will actually do that. The Bible even says that, you know, very few people would actually die for a good man, maybe a righteous man, some. And I love that even in a moment where someone like Peter would say this, Jesus, would, Jesus knew that he wasn't true, but Jesus still loved him, and he restored him. And Jesus does the same thing with us in our friendship, because we can often say that, Lord, <laughs> you know, I would do anything for you, except go talk to that guy over there. He looks fine, probably from the enemy. or I would die for you I would go anywhere Lord and sometimes that's just not our heart I'm glad it's a desire and I want that to be my desire but Jesus is a friend that sticks with you and knows that you're not perfect he is he is perfect and that's what we're going towards. To, but we have to spend time with Jesus. We have to, to, to just cultivate that relationship. But Jesus is that friend that literally gave his life for us. It's not just jumping in front of a moving vehicle or taking a bullet. Those are very admirable things. He actually, he did what we could not do. He did what no one else could do. He's that friend that took, took an eternal price that we couldn't pay for. He's a good friend. And as we're starting to wrap up, I know it's a little short, but I had one day to prepare. The worship team could come up, head this way. I want to ask you a question. Why did Jesus choose you as a friend? Why did Jesus choose you as a friend? I don't deserve him. If you didn't know, you don't deserve him. <laughs> Why did Jesus choose you as a friend? In John 15, 16, it says, so that you will bear fruit and fruit that remains. Are you bearing fruit? Are you bearing fruit? Are you sharing your friend Jesus with people? Are you introducing people to that friend? Are you close enough to him that people can easily know that you're friends with him. And I'll say this, it doesn't matter what happened yesterday or in the past, if Jesus is your friend today, then all of who he is as a friend is with you right now. And that's what matters. 
You could have been hanging out with the wrong people yesterday, but today you are defined by your relationship with Jesus. So it's not anything that I have done in my past. Jesus brings us in and says, he's with me, she's with me, equal through Jesus. Your worth, your value, your confidence, and your identity come from him. But friendship is not one way. Friendship is not one way. It requires vulnerability, humility, and true love. Vulnerability, humility, and true love. It requires working on your relationship, time spent, and conversations had. And you're not doing them just with the almighty God of the universe. He is that. But you're also doing it with your friend who you trust, who you confide in, who will lead you into some fun and crazy and dangerous places and who will be with you when no one else will. So that's actually the altar call today. Do you need to spend time and get to know your friend better again? Your friend that sticks closer than a brother. If you need to work on that relationship or if it's just for the first time you want to know Jesus as your friend. We're just going to take a moment. You're welcome to come down the front. I'm going to ask everybody, if you can, you just stand up. And we'll just go into a worship song and begin to exalt Jesus, our friend. And as we were saying earlier, if there's any giants before you, giants in the land that you need your, your friend Jesus to come up against, let's worship. And as we worship, things happen. Chains can fall off, but things change. Let's worship together. When I think